Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, DMB Hoops fans? I'm Matt Bader, and I'm joined here by Melanie Page. Melanie, thank you for coming on. We're going to get into your docuseries here in a minute. But first of all, how are you doing? I'm great. We just had a screening last night, so this is a perfect time to uh, have this conversation because I'm just feeling all the good energy from it. That's great. It went well. Everything went according to plan and everything. And as well as it could. And there's not much you can do once you press play on, on the doc. For sure. People are watching, so it's a great feeling. That's great. Um, that reaction was positive. Everybody was in a good mood after and everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, we call the screenings for the love. So sure. uh, it's all for the love of basketball. That's awesome. And then that's what we're here for. So I think this is uh, perfect. And I, I'm glad uh, some of our listeners put me on to what you're doing here because it seems like a great project. I'm planning to come next week's screening. So already looking forward to it. But uh, we'll get into all the details here of, of why we're here in just a second. Uh, but first, we're brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Every Flavor You Can Think Of. They're all delicious. And Bet Online, it's your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds and match reports for baseball, boxing, golf, UFC, tennis, everything. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place all your wagers, live betting, favorite casino and card games. Head to the website and use your, uh, your mobile device to sign up today and use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so Melanie, we buried the lead here a little bit. The documentary, or I guess docu-series, probably more accurate uh, name for that is Can't Retire From This. It's DMV-focused, and there's been some several other you know DMV-related uh, documentaries for, for basketball over the last couple of years, but... They didn't focus much, if at all, on the women's game uh, in the water, I thought was great. But other than like 20 seconds of Marissa Coleman, I, I don't think there were uh, any other female hoopers, you know, uh, featured on the dock. So did that play into that? Is that something you wanted to kind of bring, you know, awareness of to the community of just how good women's basketball is in the area as well? And that absolutely. I think you hit the, the nail on the head with that. Um, Marissa Coleman, obviously, she's she's great. This is a shirt. There you that, go. This company, PG County, has made that has several of the, the PG County women's mm -hmm. basketball legends on it. So had to rep them today. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think the history of women's basketball in general gets lost. So mm -hmm. as we see right now, um, the population and, and the interest in, in women's basketball is on the rise. Mm -hmm. as, as we watch the New York Liberty play the Aces the other day in, in the series, and we see those battles and conversations on Twitter taking over um yeah. and and women's college hoops is absolutely exponentially on the rise right now yeah. so i think right now where we're at in in the history of women's sports is that the pioneers and their stories are getting lost you know the, this generation of girls and women's basketball players are not the first to do what they're doing yeah. i think that the conversations and and the history need to be preserved and for these women that are coming up right now and and really spearheading uh, the popularity of of where this game is transcending to, they need to have somebody to look up to. So, my origin story of this documentary uh, or documentary series, I should say, is 
Um, my mom is actually a high school age girls basketball coach in the DMV area. And I actually live in Los Angeles currently, but her basketball team um, is here in the DMV, obviously. But the pandemic hit and I came home. And in me coming home, um, I was able to spend a, a good amount of time chatting with and, you know, masking up and going to the outdoor courts with my mm -hmm. mom's basketball team and teaching them some things. And they're all looking up to me as some Hollywood producer, director, writer. Sure. Like, oh, my gosh. That's pretty and cool. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, but you guys are looking up to me, but you don't know who I looked up to, who yeah. inspired me. And so that was essentially the spark. And and in the water came out around that time. I, I saw the trailers. I was very excited to see it. And I was like, they only got Marissa Coleman in here. They don't have Rebecca Brunson. They don't have John Quell. They don't have this person. They don't have Diane Richardson. Like all these people that, you know, I looked up to that were a part of my community and those that were really driving the DMV girls basketball scene. They they need their own thing yeah. to be told. And um, can't retire from this is actually from the child's point of view. Okay. So there, there's an animation storyline. You'll be able to see that next week. And um, just seeing the child's point of view and how she is inspired by these women that are, are coming up and, and really setting the stage for what she can become and where basketball can take her in life. Oh, that's so awesome. I, I think awareness of just how good the product is, is something for, for people that uh, people are finally coming around to, you know, you hear a lot of like, oh, over uh, the blog I write for Bulls Forever, we, we do a lot of mystics coverage and, and a lot of the commentary is, wow, this is better basketball than I thought. And it's sad that we're still doing that in 2023. But I, I think that's why documentaries like this are, are so important because it's, it, women's basketball has been good for a really long time. Like it, we're just being slow to catch up to it and, and being able to point to all these pioneers of the game, I think is really awesome. And I'm, I'm sure they were happy to do that. I would imagine this was not a hard uh, <laughs> thing to get people to volunteer to, to participate in. Yeah. I mean, we actually did 58 interviews. Ah, okay. So uh, the pilot episode has roughly about 30 people in it in mm -hmm. total, but there's just so many stories and it's, it's unfortunate that, all of them are not going to make it sure. into the final cut, but I honestly feel like I'm the historian of DMV women's basketball right now, which was not the goal, but it's sure. it's a product of what has happened. And it's been kind of on your mind for a while prior to, to coming home for the pandemic. Was this like an idea that that you've been tinkering around with, or just sort of, hey, I, I'm working with these girls? Like this, that was that the origin of the idea, I guess. Uh, that was the origin of the idea. But as a filmmaker, I've always been wanting to figure out how to put essentially my story and my roots into my work. You know, that's that's how any filmmaker, any storyteller is able to tell the best stories is by telling their truth. So I put a lot of my truth into Can't Retire. I mean, fortunately, um, fortunately, unfortunately, with the pandemic, the world shut down the mm -hmm. You know, the whole business of filmmaking essentially shut down. So that gave me time and time that I was not hustling around working on other projects. Like I could really just sit. And I was here at my house where it's filled with trophies from myself, my brothers, like my mother, uh, just like I'm back in my bedroom now. <laughs> like, yeah, so cool. that was all just marinating on me. It was like, Maybe this we got to turn this this time period into a blessing in disguise, and that's what it's become. I think that's great for a lot of us. It was either, hey, 
you know, like you stop doing every anything at all, or hey, I'm going to use the best of it to to focus on some stuff that I wanted to get done or cross off my to do list. And and I'm glad that this was um, a positive outlet during a, obviously a tough time for for everybody. But uh, you mentioned some trophies there, so uh, just for everybody who's not familiar, you are a, a we're a really good high school basketball player in the area here too. Unfortunately, had some injuries that prevented you from taking that further, but. Uh, you're speaking from a, a point of experience. Like you have seen how good the women in this area are and, and uh, you know, you can talk to that from a place of expertise. And I, I think that's where like the best kind of um, films come from or, or when there are people that have lived that and, and can kind of breathe their experience into these things. So I guess, can you give folks a little bit about your background as a player? What kind of player, what position, all that kind of good stuff? Yeah, I mean, um, and and what's what's great about can't retire from this and just this this whole process is I am surrounded by a team. Mm -hmm. So as I I transitioned into filmmaking, like I kept my point guard mentality. You there know, you I'm I'm you know passing the shot selection to my shooters, and that's how we're able to capture. You know, you get it to the editor. That's the rebounds. You know, getting all so everything kind of is is a parallel easy transition. And, and I think that's metaphorically what can't retire is, you know, you take those life skills that you learn from the basketball court mm -hmm. and you transition to whatever career path you want to go on. So um, my my high school basketball career, um, 2010, we won a WCAC championship and a city title. Which is so, very tough to do for anyone <laughs> not familiar. That's as good a league as there is in, in the country, uh, which basically the world. So um, that that's not... Uh, that's that's a huge accomplishment, honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, coming off that, like that was just like obviously the greatest feeling in the world at the time and got to play with some really great players. Tiana Marshall, um, she was a, essentially our star player, played at Georgia Tech mm -hmm. and um, got dropped into the WNBA. But even in that time period, um, playing against Lindsey Allen, who's currently on Minnesota Lynx, and she played at St. John's, um, several of those, those St. John's players gave us some some of tremendous battles you play against Lindsay Spann who was a, a star player at Good Council and uh, she has gone on now she's coaching at University of Maryland so um, and there's several I, I, at minimum 10 I want to say uh, division one women's basketball coaches from my era of WCAC specific basketball that are coaching and uh, really taking what they learned from the DMV and they're all over the country like teaching these next generation of women's basketball players and, and they're shining on coaching staffs because there's, you know, limited opportunities to play professionally. So they're mm -hmm. taking that knowledge. Um, you have people like Monica McNutt and Latrina Robinson who are faces and voices of, you know, analysts in, in women's basketball and broadcasters. So they're able to talk about it, but they learn that knowledge here. Yep. <laughs> And they're as good as anybody in the game at any level of talking about basketball. So I think that points to the the experience and the breadth of knowledge of of teaching and coaching in this area. So I'm glad that you've got that element too of who taught them the game. Uh, so so did your experience playing help you make some of these connections and relationships that you could then leverage for, um, for not leverage in a negative way, but like you, you have to know people to be able to get them to come to the documentary and. If, if they are familiar with you, I'm sure that makes that easier. And I know your mom's been a coach for a long time. So was that kind of an entryway into to getting some of these people to hear you out and, and hear what the doc was going to be about and, and get them? Yeah, 
Um, this the the whole inception actually started from a Facebook post that I made after watching In the Water and <laughs> I'm just sitting here uh in the house watching it. I'm like, wow, I wanna I wanna tell stories too. So uh, I was like, who wants to come along and and let's do this? So um actually a few of my former teammates, coaches, and just women's basketball pioneers in the area commented on that post or reached out and said, yeah, let's do it. Like I'm down. I love this idea. So just from that, that motivation from the start was, was a good, uh, you know, starting point. And then obviously talking to my mom who was watching the, in the water doc with me at the mm-hmm. time. So she's thinking and, you know, we're bouncing ideas off of each other. And then, um, how I was, our first interview was with Hank Lloyd, who is actually, uh, essentially my godfather. So I met him. I mean, I, interviewed him. He was an assistant coach at Riverdale Baptist during their uh, early 2000s years under Diane Richardson. So, and they were power, right? Like that, yeah, that was they, the team. number one in the country consistently, but um, definitely number one in this area for a very, very long time. Riverdale was a school I was always afraid of. So yeah. <laughs> um, Hank Lloyd got, was able to get us Diane Richardson, and she's the queen of the DMV. And um, that became, Diane's interview became essentially kind of the core interview of what I was building this story off of. Mm-hmm. She is such a, a pioneer, a champion of just girls that look like me. I never got to play for her, but everybody that did play for her has done something phenomenal in the game of basketball or in, in life in general. And I just admire how she cares about her players. So I want to make sure that her story is told because I think more people and more coaches need to be like her. When, when you have somebody that that is that influential figure and has touched that many other people too, I think getting her involved is probably like a really good jumping off point for, for all these other people. Like it, it you know, instantly gives you credibility with like the quality of, of, you know, product you're going to put out here. So I'm, I'm sure that was a, a pivotal, a pivotal point in putting this together. Absolutely. Once we put out, um, we've been putting together some social media content and dishing it out throughout the months, but, um, sorry, there's a- <laughs> all good. Um, but we, we put together just a, a short little video and, um, that, that was essentially going DMV viral, I guess. And, and people were like, what is this? Like, yes, somebody's finally like talking to coach rich and, and telling her story as it should be told. So that was able to definitely help build, build up our credibility and especially our social media. We've been putting together just different little clips about so many people that we talk to and um, I just want to make sure their stories are told and represented and you know that that helps put more eyes and and you know voices to our our power of fueling this that's so cool uh how many episodes total are we ending up with here I've seen a couple different things from four to eight where where did we land at the end <laughs> I know. um you know as an ambitious person here I I initially especially we didn't know how long the world was going to be shut down so i was like we could do eight 20 minute episodes and then Mm -hmm. i was like yeah this is getting exhausting (laughs) that's a lot of editing and post work that's got to be done for all of those i'm sure the post-production situation has been it's you know you have 58 interviews and every one of them is at least an hour long so um that could have been eight at the time but um, we kind of whittled it down, just also seeing how much like licensing footage and all this stuff cost. Yeah, and so we have 
reached a final point that we're down to three episodes right now. And that's that's going to be our, our solid core. Our first episode is about 35 minutes. So we'll keep it in that same time frame. It essentially will be about an hour and a half long documentary put together. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And you've got all that other footage that, that can inspire other things or be used or repurposed later. It, you know, it doesn't mean that it just didn't make the first cut here. It doesn't mean that, that you can't do something with it. So I'm, I'm sure that's... Uh, exciting just to to use this to to get the idea started and then see where it can go from there too. Exactly, exactly. Yes. So uh, you mentioned your background as a filmmaker out in LA, working in this industry. Can you talk a little bit about that background and that experience and how it kind of helped you, um, you know, get prepared to do this this kind of project? Yeah. Um, so I'll start a little bit from from my beginning. Um, so in college, I started my own production company um, called Major Motives and. In college, I was doing a lot of the radio interviews, filming some of my friends who mm. were interviewing our special guests that would come through. We started branching off and doing commercials for people that had like clothing brands on campus and et cetera. And then started doing music videos, eventually did a short film, a web series. And at the time, I was sending those videos to my middle school basketball coach, who I'm pretty close with. And unbeknownst to me her first cousin was a director for ESPN films so she started telling him about me and uh, my senior year he actually took me under his wing and I was able to be a production assistant for one of his um, ESPN films shorts um, called Redemption Song and eventually I as an ambitious hard worker I, I worked my way up to being an associate producer on that particular doc and then he brought me along to help produce uh, two or three other ESPN 30 for 30 SEC story documentaries. So straight out of college, like I just had this very unique learning experience that I was just learning how to tell sports stories mm-hmm. straight from the jump. And I already had that that creative mind that I was already incepting in college. So um, as we jump into this can't retire world, that was how I was able to you know, put it all together and um, really marinate on my creative narrative-ish storytelling bridge with sports and, and documentary. And um, yeah, that's that's how I've gotten here. That's so cool. I, the 30 for 30 series as a whole, I think was like one of the great things of the last like 20 years in terms of yeah. sports-related content. It, uh, Absolutely. While I was at University of Maryland, I got to go to the premiere for Without Bias, the Len Bias documentary mm-hmm. that was on 30 for 30. And just being in the room with his family during that was like, the most memorable thing I think I've done in a long time, just because uh, it means so much to people when when you can actually put their story on film for them, and then you know they get to see the reaction to it. I, I think it's pretty great. So I, I can't wait for everybody to to see their piece of this and 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 react to it too. Uh, has has everybody that participated in the doc or will make the final cut have have they seen it yet, or are they attending these screenings? Or um, our first screening, um, we we had. A good amount of them come through. Um, namely, Diane Richardson was actually able to come to that one. And so I'm standing on the sideline watching the crowd watch it because yeah. I've already seen it a sure. zillion times. So I'm watching Coach Rich in the front mm-hmm. and I see her sitting like this. I'm like, uh oh, is she is it really good or really bad? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it it was at a a pretty sentimental point, I'd That's say. Awesome. I, so, so good. Um, you know, I like to like to say that I made Coach Rich cry, and she's not a crier at yeah. all. She's 
straight to the point. She is hardcore, but yeah, like, and we we gave her the mic to be able to just speak after the the doc showed and just express how she felt about it. And that was just honestly the best feeling in the world. Like that was exactly what I needed to just like continue to motivate me to to you know get this project completed to the finish line and and just hearing the reactions of some of the other players that are in it, Kania Cole, Lynetta Kaiser, um, you know, just just watching their reactions and how they reached out to me. Lindsay Spann was actually there. So um and just just seeing their faces and seeing them um and showing that people actually care about their stories. Um right. after after we did a couple of the interviews, um a few people reached out to me like as the process of where we're collecting these stories and they're like, wow, like thank you, Melanie. Like I that was very therapeutic for me. You know, I, I didn't think that anybody cared about my story. And, mm-hmm. you know, thank you for giving me the chance to just express and, and just talk freely about my experience in basketball because I love it so much. And those moments just mean so much to me because that's true. Like, how would anybody know if nobody's asking the question? So, yeah. I I think there's an appetite for that kind of coverage, too. And I think that's what I hope people are slowly coming around to. I wish it were coming around to it more quickly, but it's people will listen to a good story, especially in this area. I think we're all really good about rallying around each other. And the DMV community actually is a community. So when you can get the right stories told and tell the right people, they'll tell the right people. And and hopefully that word of mouth like really um, helps this blow up. But uh well, like, what's the distribution plan? Is that worked out yet? When can people see this? Where do we have any of that kind of sorted out yet? Or are we still in the early stages here for that? Still working on that. Um, that's why I'm having these screenings really just like make sure like this story is accurate, like, yeah. you know, having the same feelings and emotions that myself and my team feel making it, you know, so all positive feedback so far. Now it's just um, being able to find that that additional leverage of, of uh, funding so we can mm-hmm. finish episodes two and episodes three. And then, um, you know, s- hopefully, you know, some of these conversations and people talking about it, you get somebody that has a distribution deal or, you know, something of that sort that this can live somewhere because I want it to be accessible to all young girls or all young people or people. And it's a family story. So fathers need to watch it so they can help, you know, propel their daughters to their careers, whether it's through basketball or not, but just showing support in general, just for young girls is so important to me. I mean, it's just good for the game in general to to have that, the spotlight shown on the women's game as well. I mean, how many of these people in this documentary are mothers of people that also played basketball too. So their sons and things like that are getting coverage that, but we don't really know where their understanding and, and um, knowledge of the game came from. And so I, I think that's, uh, super important to have that next generation of people uh, come up with a full, complete understanding of, of how good the history is here. But also, I'm imagining that this is a story that applies to any young girl playing basketball anywhere. It doesn't have to just be yeah. the DMV. And 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 there's not really anything else comparable to that that I'm aware of. So uh, that'd be great yeah. for everybody to have access to. Absolutely. And the goal is to, to really franchise this. Like, 
I can't tell the Atlanta story, but I can find the version of me in Atlanta to help guide them to tell this story. Mm -hmm. New York, Los Angeles, like the goal, the ultimate higher vision is to be able to franchise this until can't retire from this in all the WNBA markets, ideally, mm -hmm. but, you know, they have places like Tennessee who don't have WNBA teams yet. North Carolina, that's, you know, these are these are basketball states and um, they have communities that really rally behind women's basketball and where, you know, we need to know those stories and how people started to come together to tell those stories or tell, you know, propel women's basketball in those areas. So that's that's the goal for me. Exactly what you said It's a universal thing. I think this is like the ideal test market and jumping off point because I think we get it here, right? Like it's not Connecticut where maybe, you know, like, but, but still like the DMB as a whole, I, I think understands just how good the women's game is. The, honestly, the most electric atmosphere I went to in any Maryland basketball game while I was there was a Maryland UNC women's game. And I didn't expect that going in to be as full as it was. And I ended up having to sit literally in the top row of the stadium <laughs> showing up an hour before the game because it was, it was that packed and that wild. And uh, I think people really got into it and, and hopefully that that can help build the next generation of people going to, uh, to these games and, and turn it out like that. I guess what, what is your ideal target audience? Like if this really reaches, you know, one demographic specifically, like who, who do you really want that to hit home with? Yeah. I mean, um, Honestly, women that look like me, Black women, um, I don't think our stories really get told and even told responsibly in, in the sports space. And that's or even in general in media, I think it's it's kind of tough. We, mm -hmm. we kind of get the, the lower end of the stick. So this is definitely absolutely something to uplift Black women. But women in general, I think, need to see this and just show that there is support like people care about women's stories just from a human level like and just a love story so um ultimately that that is my target wherever women and and black women can be and and be inspired by it that's that will be it for me you said a pretty key word there uh responsible right or do it responsibly I is that really stressful while you're going through this, knowing that like all these important people, th this is their opportunity to have their story represented? Like that's got to be a big weight on your shoulders throughout. Yes, yes, very much so. But I mean, fortunately, like I am of this world and um, I when I watch things like I always look at IMDB, I always look at articles and read mm -hmm. articles or Twitter and just I want to know the story and, you know, who's behind it and and. There's so many stories that are told by about black women that are not from black yeah. women. So um, but there are some that are told really well, like the uh, New York Times had a documentary that actually won an Oscar last year. So, um, you know, Lucia Harris, who she was the first woman that was uh, drafted to the NBA. So that was a fantastic story but mm -hmm. there need to be more of those and it'll be i feel like an even better deal if it were by somebody that looks like me that's telling that story um so there's it, it's a hit or miss you know sometimes and and that is difficult because i can't be the only one sure. and it's 
it's frustrating. But the people that have rallied around me, like I've been teaching them what I've learned from, you know, my mentors and my my learning experience outside of the DMV area and just feeding into them and, and giving them opportunities to be able to either work with me or just throwing them the lob for for other jobs that, you know, they've learned something from me and I, I'm investing my time into uh, my crew and my teammates in this world. Like they they get that extra leverage. So ultimately I am building more of me in this mm-hmm. space as well. And that's been the greatest feeling as well. So a lot of the team that worked on this also from the DMV area as well? Yeah, so my production team is DMV-based, and then my editing team is LA-based. But um, yeah, throughout this process, um, and and as the, the pandemic and the world started opening back up, my, my team has shifted and changed. Sure. I had to go back to their regular jobs yeah. and things. Yeah. So that that was pretty difficult times. But um, yeah, Ryan Gordon, um, who formerly went as Free Alexander on on the socials, he was heavily into doing videography for basketball players in general in the area. And he's one of the first people that reached out to me. And um, so the first year of stories were through me and him. And, you know, he had those connections, was able to get us Tierra Ruffin Pratt, Christy Winter Scott, mm-hmm. um, Lynetta Kaiser, like a bunch of players were through him because he had already been working with them and he was already invested in you know, their stories. So it's, it's partners like that, that just mm-hmm. kind of rose from the concrete and just like, yeah, let's partner up. Like I, I have the knowledge to be able to do this. You have, you know, the knowledge for that. Let's put it together. And that really was able to help launch this in the beginning. I feel like the best documentaries are always like a, it takes a village approach. Like you've got to have everybody else kind of bring the right things to the table and, and the right connections and, the right understanding of different aspects of it. So that that's really cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't learn from anybody that, you know, looks like me. So like my editing team, like yeah. there's a handful of them that uh, like my main editor, her name's Amanda. Amanda's mm-hmm. not from the DMV and she's not from the basketball space at all. So okay. being able to filter, you know, these stories through her, if she doesn't understand it and we yeah. can't explain it to her, it's not going to make the cut. So it's, th- it's things like that that have really made this as good as it is. That's I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I hadn't considered that aspect of it at all. But one, if, if you're not familiar with basketball, it, it has to be digestible for everybody. But also, you know, the DMV is a specific area and community. And if you don't know these places or these names, like there's a certain amount of, of background or context I'm, I'm sure you have to give for it to reach a wider audience. Exactly, exactly. I, I want this to be a universal story. So having yeah. universal people around me and people that are more knowledgeable in different aspects that I'm not familiar with, I need to be able to learn about those things and they need to learn about, you know, me and these stories and why it's important. And those conversations have absolutely shaped this. And that's ultimately how this became three episodes versus mm-hmm. the wider scope, because we had to just narrow down on the specificity and importance of every single word. That makes it because if somebody is saying a slang word and sure. Amanda doesn't understand it, like that yeah. doesn't make the cut, you know? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, I think I've hit on almost everything here. <laughs> I, I definitely wanted to tease out. This is this is so great. And I, I think it's just such a cool project. And 
I, I really hope it it jumps off. I don't know if we've got any listeners. Is anybody checking this out right now? Is from uh, from ESPN or somewhere cool? But I think this is the kind of content that uh, that people want. So I hope it um, it gets to where you want to get it. Melly, um, anything else about the documentary that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure people know and walk away from this interview, kind of understanding about what you're trying to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you you asked some really good questions and we touched on some great points. Um, but I just want to make sure that girls like me are seen and valued, uh, especially in the, in the women's basketball space. Um, and just I hope that I'm able to inspire more girls like me to be able to take what they learn from this documentary and tell their own stories and but also just know that they are worthy of having their stories be told and that's the ultimate goal of can't retire from this i want them i want young girls to know what basketball can help them do on the court but off the court and the life skills that that basketball can take them on this journey like that is that's my purpose I love that. That's so cool. Uh, it, it, when you could do something personally and professionally productive, but also it it helps other people and inspires other people. I, I got to imagine that's a that's a really great feeling. So got to make us a promise here that as this thing gets picked up and, and getting ready for a release, you'll come back on here and we can kind of promote where everybody can see it uh, longer term. But in the shorter term here, uh, we mentioned a screening next week. Is that available to the public? And if so, um, what's the information for that? And, and how could they uh, they get involved here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, please come to our screening October 26th. Um, it'll be at Creative Suitland Arts Center. So go on www.creativesuitland.org, I want to say. Uh, <laughs> I should have known that at the top of my head. But um, they have the Eventbrite link on there. Um, you can also find it on Eventbrite. Um, can't retire doc on all socials. Um, it's on our website as well, www.cantretiredoc.com. Um, it's a donation-based screening, so support, give a dollar. It helps cover the cost of the theater and just, you know, I want to just make this the best screening because, honestly, this is our fourth screening and I am a little tired. So I, I can imagine, <laughs> yeah, that, that there's a lot that goes into that too, I'm sure, pulling that together. Yeah, yeah. But I, I hope the community comes out. We, we definitely want to sell this one out just as we've sold out other ones. So, um, yeah, I, I'm very excited. I I feel like this will be our, our best one yet. That's awesome. Well, we'll try to blow it up on our end and I'll make sure that I put the um, the link to that screening in the episode description here. So anyone checking this out, you have easy access to that. Uh, I'm going to try to be there. I, that's the plan. So I hope everybody else will join us and, and definitely looking forward to it. Um, Melanie, thank you for doing this just as a DMV basketball fan. I, I think this is so cool. And I really appreciate the, I'm sure the hours and hours and hours and hours of hard work that have gone into this already. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Yeah. Anytime. All right, everybody, uh, you know, the drill rate review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We were presented by betonline.ag. Again, the documentary is can't retire from this. Please come check it out, and hopefully we'll see you all there on the 26th.
for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.